darkest night You can light it up You can light it up Oh God of revival Let open rise That is overcome You've already won Oh God of revival Oh God of Cause we want to see you show us in glory. We want to know you more. Cause we want to see you show us in glory. We want to know you more. Let me pray. The next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to start a series called "This Is Us," and um, and 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 we're just going to talk a little bit about who we are as a church. I think it it be, it is important for us to understand. And you know what? Identity or lack of identity is one I would say of the most spiritually dangerous things that can happen in the life of a Christian. You know, a poor self-image or lack of understanding of who we are in Christ has the potential to plague our lives and to stunt our spiritual growth if we don't act upon it. The concept of identity is incredibly critical, especially, I think, in our day and age and in a time in which we live. It's important that we understand identity and we teach, even, for example, you, you think of our children. What they're being taught in the school systems and, 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 um, and, and governmental agencies that are teaching our children things that are just completely not biblically based or focused. And it is our responsibility, it's your responsibility, parents, grandparents, to teach your children, to teach our children that they, are, they belong to Jesus, that they are a boy and a girl, not an it or a they. Uh, and and uh, it is important for them to know who they are in Christ because when they understand who they are in Christ, it will shape their lives. We must steer this generation in understanding who they are and whose they are. And it is our responsibility to lead them and pray for them. Author David Lomas wrote this, Identity drives motivation. And motivation drives action, and action drives results. For example, if someone speeds past me at 90 miles per hour on the highway, odds are that I won't chase them down and issue a ticket. I don't have the identity that says I'm a police officer. So I have, a motivation, I have no motivation to act. Now, a police officer, on the other hand, does have that identity and therefore has the motivation to take action chasing down the speeder and then get results issuing the ticket. Every action we take in life has a sense of identity behind it. How we see ourselves matters. How you see yourself matters. How we see ourselves as a church matters. One of the first things that Jesus stated when he started his earthly ministry uh, after the or during the temptation in the desert 
uh, and right after, actually, I should say, the temptation in the desert when he went into the temple is recorded in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. And we're going to read those scriptures as our text today. Luke 4, 18 to 20. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. <clears throat> and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fasted on him. You see, Jesus, thank God that he did, he knew who he was. Jesus understood his identity. He knew that he came into the world to be the savior of the world. He knew he was going to die on a cross. He knew all of that. And in these verses, he asserted with certainty and clarity that he was a proclaimer, that he was a deliverer, that he was a healer, and he fulfilled his identity at each and every step during his three and a half years earthly ministry to declare who he said he was in action and deed. What we want to do today and over the next couple of weeks uh, is share about who we are as a church. And I've entitled this series, This Is Us, because there are principles that guide us as a church. They guide our lives in what we, we do in the decisions that we make. And so, first of all, let me start by sharing a little bit about vision and mission. Today we're going to talk about vision and mission. First of all, let me make some clarifying statements. Vision defines our position. Vision is something that is both current and future. Vision defines our goals, and again, both current and future goals. Vision is our position, our goals. Mission, on the other hand, defines our overall purpose. It paints a picture of who we are, of what we do, and the benefits that we gain by the mission statements that provides those guidelines, okay? Now, let me also clarify this, that both vision and mission should not ever be considered unchangeable and that we cannot modify them, right? You say, why is that? Well, when you think about God's character, God's character is unchangeable. He never changes. The Bible clearly says that God does not change right? But he works in many ways to accomplish his purposes. In other words, there are a lot of ways that God works on the earth in order to accomplish the nature of who he is, which is unchangeable. Now, in the same way, we don't need or we don't need to or we don't want to be rigid in our approach to fulfill the mission and the vision, basically our identity as a people. That does not mean that we're wishy-washy in our approach. It does not mean that we kind of like 
go from one thing to the next without thought or process. We adapt to change so that we can accomplish our God-given purposes by what He speaks to us at that moment. Are you with me? Okay? We cannot be so rigid. We cannot be so stuck in our ways. We have to sometimes change as things around us change. You know, last year I was asked a question as we were coming back from uh, a, the pandemic, from COVID-19, and we started gathering again as a means of, of rebooting and restarting the church. Somebody asked me, says, hey, do you think that maybe we should change the name of the church? And I thought about it for a moment. I even spoke to a friend of mine who does rebranding. I says, what do you think? Is this doable? Oh, yeah, I can come in and just do it all for you guys. I go, oh, great. And then one morning as I was praying, actually one Sunday morning, uh, I wake up very early on Sunday morning just to spend some time with the Lord. And I felt the Lord clearly speak to my heart and said, do not change a name. And he said, I want to redeem the name. Because I want you to be a mission community church. Okay. I said, all right. And so we didn't change anything. Now, let me also state as a preamble to what we're going to share that both vision and mission statements are not all-encompassing, right? What you're going to see behind me soon, it's not going to stay, state everything about us as a church. And so if, there, uh, if you don't see something and you don't hear something that we're saying, you know, come and speak to us. Don't say, oh, this church is just garbage. Throw it out. <clears throat> Uh, just come and ask the question. So let me start with our vision. Our vision, should be back there, is to be a loving community of believers. A lighthouse to those around us. The vision is to see hearts healed, families made whole, and all people, all people, experiencing transformation through personal encounters with God. Okay? Now, in John chapter 13 and verse 35, Jesus said this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another. Love for each other proves that we are disciples of Jesus. If we are not going to be a loving community, guys, let's pack the bags out right now. And just go do something else. Because that is the basis of who we are as believers. If the love of God was shed upon us broadly so that we came to know Jesus when we did not know him, we need to express the same love that God has poured into us to each other. If we don't do it, we're missing the point. And we're not doing this for personal gain. We're not here because we want recognition, because we want personal fulfillment. There's a lot of work that goes into this. Every Sunday morning when you sit down and you receive this beautiful presentation, I mean, Davey and Joe that led today, they're like, they, they worked hard to get this done. We work hard to talk to people. Hey, you know, if you open the service, pray about it. Like, 
you know, Walton opening the service wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to flip through the Bible and find a verse, you know, like, uh, there, what does it say? And Jesus went and hung himself. No, wrong verse. Uh, <laughs> let me go to the next one. Um, that's not what we do. We pray. We ask the Lord. We prepare. Uh, and so it is important to understand that we're not here for personal gain. But we also need to understand that as we gather together, if you have received love and a welcoming, warm, uh, uh, friendly greeting from someone when you came in, do the same. Be friendly. Be warm. Let the love of Jesus shine through you. We use the word a lighthouse to those around us in the vision. The word lighthouse is there for a very specific purpose. And you actually see it right there. And we found that lighthouse, which was actually very representative. And I'll share with you something. In uh, January of 2019, uh, uh, in a prayer meeting, the Lord gave me a vision. And I saw a lighthouse at the top of a hill, just like that, with water uh, overlooking water. And as I, as I was looking down and the light from the lighthouse was shining in the midst of darkness, I could see boats that, uh, you know, were adrift, lost, did not know where to go. And as the light was shining, these boats were coming into port and finding their way in. And I heard the Lord speak to my heart and say, that is a picture of what I want to do with Mission Community Church. I want to bring in, first and foremost, people that do not know Jesus. You know, people that are lost, that are adrift, that are, that are, they don't know what they're doing in life. They need to find their way into the house of God. They need to find a way into the family of God. And that is us. But there's also a lot of believers, and especially today in this day and age in which we live with, with all of this confusion of the pandemic and what do I do? Do I go? Do I separate 100 feet away from somebody? I mean, like all of these messages that are being perpetrated and communicated. Look, you know, we believe 100% in you exercise your freedom. You do what you think is best for you because that is what God does with us. And so, you know, what? it doesn't really matter what how you, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to, you know, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Do whatever God gives you peace to do in your life. But, you know, we also don't believe that you should pound somebody in the face with it. And so there's a lot of confusion out there. And there's so many people that are just offended and insulted. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to go back to church because they told me to do this. And I'm never going to go back to church because they never do that. You know what? Hey, if there are people adrift, confused, you know what? This can be a place of restoration because we're not going to do anything that Jesus would not do with us, all right? He doesn't force his ways on us. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. So being a lighthouse speaks of being a light and being a safe place for people. A lighthouse provides guidance. God showed us that we can be and will be and we are being a lighthouse. I'm, we, I may not share every single testimony uh, that, that we see of people passing through here, but I can assure you that God is bringing those individuals. 
In the vision statement, we have hearts healed, families made whole, and transformations through personal encounters. You know, the foundation and the very fabric of our society is the family. It's the family. And the family today is under attack like it's never been attacked before. I cannot elaborate on each point, but let me say this, that we are passionate about the family because it is God's greatest vehicles through which he wants to show this world and it to each other also. His love, his grace, his affection, he wants to show it through us. And he chose to use imperfect people like you and me to demonstrate his love to this world. You know, um, as I was preparing, I was thinking, God, what happens when hearts are healed? When hearts are healed, when families are restored, when we are healthy people? I thought the Lord say that that is when personal encounters with him are not just an occurrence on a Sunday morning or in a, in a Bible study or in a home meeting. Those encounters are transformative. Transformative. You know what revival is? Revival is healthy families. Revival is healthy hearts. Revival is hearts that are healed, the believers that are focused on Jesus more than other things, that are focused on prayer, on His presence, in being humble, in humility, in spiritual realities, and not just strategies and programs and plans and ideas. That's what we prayed for today before we came into this meeting. We prayed that God would allow our hearts to be humble so that he can restore us. There's a great word that Jim brought today. Restoration. God wants to restore us as we humble ourselves before him and we allow him to do what he has to do. Now, there's a lot of things that are not listed in our vision statement, but one in particular that I want to address is this, that we want to be increasingly a multicultural church. And that doesn't happen overnight. It happens, you know, as you put intentionality in what you do. And so we must be lovers and kind to all people. You know, Lois and I taught our children when they were young that there is, you know, absolutely no difference. Red and yellow, black and white, we used to sing, they are precious in his sight. You know what? That's not a song. It's just a lot more than just a song. And we have a responsibility as parents to teach our children that we are all made equal before God. And don't you dare be different because you're trying to do something that is not biblical. Because it's not welcome here. We love all people. And we welcome all people. And we're being intentional with all people. And that means that you need to do the same. Because you know what? The vision of a church cannot be fulfilled by a handful of leaders. It must be fulfilled as we all partake into sharing with our friends, with those around us. And no matter who they are and what they look like, it doesn't matter to God. Why does it matter to us? Because we are flawed. And we see things incorrectly. So let's all participate and share into what this vision means. So let me move on to our mission statement. <clears throat> Remember, mission is who we are. 
in what we do and the benefits that we gain from expressing our mission. And our mission states that the purpose to, to pursue, sorry, the presence of God, partnering with the Holy Spirit to demonstrate the kingdom of God through signs, wonders, and spiritual gifts, and disciple believers to proclaim the good news of Jesus to families around us. We want to, dis I mean, that's just so important, discipling people. That's why we are doing Prime. By the, by the way, Prime is coming back in February. Get ready. Prime, Jim, Prime. We want every person here to be discipled in the ways of the Lord. Friends, our focus as a church is no secret to anyone. We love the presence of God. We love to worship God. We love to pray, and we make no excuses about it. And we don't just want to sing pretty songs and beautiful lyrics. We don't just want to, uh, you know, come to church and just be entertained by people up here on stage. Our desire is to experience the glory of God. When Solomon dedicated the temple to the Lord, he could not, the, the priests could not minister because the glory of God descended in their midst. That is what we desire. And you know what, how that comes? That becomes a reality when you and I, when each and every one of us take the time to come with a heart that is expecting, that is prepared, like Walton shared earlier this morning. We come prepped, not just like, oh, well, we're just coming to church. Another activity on Sunday morning. That's not what we, why we are here, guys. We could do that anywhere. But when we come together, there's a powerful corporate anointing that happens, that takes place. And we need each other. You know what? I need you. You need me. We need each other. Because when we come together is when we can stand together to experience and pray and believe God to do great and mighty things. Yeah. We don't want pretty songs alone. We want to believe that God moves today, and we do believe that. We pray. We come together on Wednesday morning at 6.30 when it's 27 degrees out there in the winter, and it's like freezing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's cold. Let me go start the car so you know, I don't sit on a piece of ice. Because we love God's presence. And I want to challenge you guys. Put your money where your mouth is. Come. Get up. You, I, look, we get up for all kinds of things. If you're up at 6 o'clock and you can put on a pair of track pants, sneakers, and however you look, it doesn't matter. Come. Because we desire to... Seek his presence together. Encountering God is of incredible importance to us. Look at these verses. Psalm 26 verse 8 says, I love your sanctuary, Lord. The place where your glorious presence dwells. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm 27 verse 4 to 6 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze 
on the beauty of the Lord. But Jesus, give us that desire. And to seek him in his temple. For in that day of trouble, and we are going to face days of trouble. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling place. The picture of the cocoon that you had, Debbie. It says in his cocoon. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. And all his sacred tent, at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. I want that passion. I desire that passion. Do you? Jesus, give us that passion. Our mission is to partner with the Holy Spirit. You say partner with for what? For demonstration of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, Paul made an absolutely incredibly powerful assertion that I hope and pray that each and every one of us will take to heart and memorize. Listen to this. My message and my preaching were not with wise words, and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. He did not come to convince us here. He came to convince here. The rest, including the mind. It's not just pretty words. It's a lot more. Intellectual arguments are only a portion that can only do a portion of what God wants to do in us. The answer is not found in great and, 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 and elaborately spoken messages, great speakers, great programs. It is not found in that. It is found in the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our midst. That is what we should desire. That is what I want to see. You know, yesterday, a friend just out of the blue, sent us a text, the Lois and I. And it was so timely, I'm like, wow, God. Listen to this. She, she told us in the text, I just got this, and I just got to share it with you guys. I'm going to read you. This is a quote from somebody. Abraham and Agar produced a baby, but it was not by God's design. Just because something works quote-unquote, doesn't mean that it is God's way or producing the fruit that he is looking for. Hear me out, guys. Over the past several decades, many spirit-filled churches embraced worldly methods and business models to grow their numbers. While the numbers grew, the Holy Spirit was grieved and quenched. Hmm. If you haven't, Check my message, do not quench the Holy Spirit, because that's like right there. Prayer and fasting were replaced with programs and formulas. Strong preaching and teaching of the Word of God were replaced with short motivational talks. Oh, don't worry about it, I'm not going to be here an hour. Worship was replaced with entertainment. Altar calls and waiting on God were abandoned altogether. Following the Holy Spirit was replaced with following a business model and a squeaky clean order of service. 
the gifts of the Spirit were no longer allowed to function in the church gatherings. The result of this unholy message has been disastrous. When the Spirit-filled church embraced the seeker-sensitive model of church growth, Abraham married Hagar and Ishmael was born. God wants his house back. God wants his house back. And you and I can be the vehicle of God bringing back the power of his Holy Spirit in our midst. Spiritual gifts and all their expressions. All of them. Why not? God's power at work in our midst. Why not? We have so far watered down the sacred with an unholy uh, methodology. We have got to come back to the foundational principles of God's Word and the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we partner with the Holy Spirit, we are going to see what the Bible declares. We are going to see signs and wonders. You know, what are signs and wonders? They're signs that make you wonder. They're like looking at that and saying, wow, God did that. Yeah, God did that. Yes, He did. Healings, miracles, spiritual gifts in operation, the prophetic. Thank you, Joe, for sharing that today. You know what? If God puts something on your heart and you're part of this house, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. Take a chance. Come up. Share what God has put on your heart. Spiritual gifts and all of their expressions and manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit. That means the prophetic word, praying in the Spirit, interpretation of tongues, the fruit of the Spirit that are so... I mean, like, who looks at the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit anymore? Did you know that there's like 21 gifts that God's Spirit has given to the church overall? You're like, 21? Yeah. I can get you a list if you want. How is it that we put in front of the operation of the Holy Spirit our methodologies and we think that we are better than the Holy Spirit? There's something wrong with that picture. Now, of course, we don't want to be so in love with the gifts and worship the gifts that we forget the giver of the gifts. But if God has blessed you, you come and you share. Let me close by saying this. You know, um, Lois and I, honey, would you come and on the piano? Lois and I are truly honored to serve this church, to serve you. It's our honor. You know, uh, God has planted us here. We believe that. Came at a difficult time in, in the life of this church. But you know what? We're all here, aren't we? We're still here. What the enemy meant for evil, God is turning it around for good. And you know, and I just want to tell you, if you are here Plant yourself here. Become engaged in the vision and the mission of this church because we want to be the expression of God's desire for not only for this church, but for our city, for people around us. We want to let that light shine in the name of Jesus. Not for our glory. Not for our honor. Not for who we are, but for the glory of His name. Max Lucado, I'm going to end with this statement. In his book, Unshakable Hope, makes these statements. He says, children have a tendency to say 
Look at me. On the tricycle, look at me go. On the trampoline, look at me bounce. On the swing set, look at me swing. Such behavior is acceptable for children. Yet many adults spend their grown-up years saying the same thing. Look at me drive this fancy car. Look at me make money. Look at me wear provocative clothes, use big words, flex my muscles. Look at me. Look at me. Isn't it time that we grew up? We were made to live a life that says, look at God. People are to look at us and see not us, but the image of our maker. This is God's plan. This is God's promise. And he will fulfill it. He will make us into his image. Friends, we are the expression, the body of Christ to this earth. The kingdom of God becomes manifest through you and me right here in the city of Charlotte. And you and I have spheres of influence that God wants us to be a blessing to, to use and not abuse His name for His glory. I want that in my life, don't you? If you want the same, I'm asking you to partner with us. Be here. Serve. Give. Do what you need to do because we have a mandate from God. And we want to fulfill that mandate. We want to go out into the world and preach the gospel. We, we have plans and ideas. I mean, guys, there's so much that God is just pouring into us. We're so thankful for the people that God is bringing here that, that are desiring and want to see His presence. And so I'm asking you today, let your heart partner with God's heart. Scrap everything that is us, me, myself, and I. And let's just focus on the name of Jesus and make Him famous in our church and in our city.